Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. the issues happening in women right now here in Australia, we have people like Grace Tame, we mm. have um, Brittany Higgins, mm. we have the uh, signatures of schoolgirls around Australia. This is on the front page of our newspapers. So this should be on the front page of church discussion. Mm. We should be at the forefront of that. And women's ministry is really stepping into those spaces. Mm. So I worry about churches that say we don't need women's ministry because women are integrated in our church, they're all equal. You know, when society looks like that, when women are fully integrated and fully equal, that's when we don't need women's ministry. Welcome to River Life's Going Deeper podcast. This is a continuing conversation about the deeper things of God. And my name is Joe. I'm one of the pastors here at River Life, and it's my pleasure to host and bring this podcast to you. Today, I have uh, the pleasure of having Robin Robertson as my co-host as we talk to Alyssa McPherson, who's the president of the Baptist Women of the Pacific. Uh, An amazing title, great title, and an amazing role that is held by an amazing person. Alyssa has uh, an amazing history of walking with the Lord. She's been in all sorts of different churches. She's had all sorts of different experiences. Her and her husband own a winery out at Stanthorpe, Symphony Hill Wines. If you want to know more about them, you can Google them. She's also making uh, a huge inroads in her role with the Baptist Women of the Pacific, bringing women leaders together, resourcing and networking them together across all of their expressions of church and leadership and helping them have a voice, hearing their stories, sharing those stories and helping strengthen them in their roles as they're faced with all sorts of issues as everyone is no matter where they are it's a great conversation it goes through uh, some really powerful things that I think will help us start to wrestle with what equality and openness to the Lord's leading looks like Uh, her story about how she's been challenged to follow the Holy Spirit is really going to encourage you I think And uh, more than anything, I hope you can get on board with some of the events that uh, I'll let you know about at the end that are coming up soon, conferences and days of prayer that will really start to rally people around the issue of this this gender inequality within the church and a space where we can raise up uh, leaders as God has appointed them, either male or female. As you'll hear, as Paul says in the New Testament, no matter if they're slave or free, Greek or Jew, male or female, everyone is made in God's image. And as we talk to Alyssa, I think you're going to be encouraged by that. And uh, you'll be really challenged to see how God wants to use you to speak into some of these areas where we need to see God break in. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you're challenged by it as Robin and I chat with Alyssa McPherson. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. You're here because of our Talking Justice event and um, people hearing this, this will be a little time after the event, but it was 
great to be able to grab you and bring you into the studio and have a conversation with you. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories of what God's doing in you and through your ministry. But you're, as I said earlier, you're the president of the Baptist Women of the Pacific, which is a pretty impressive sounding title. What does that mean and how did you find yourself in that role? I don't know if I should call you Madam President. Or, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I get called that in the Pacific Islands. Oh, and I shouldn't it, joke. I should no, actually call I, you Madam President. No, not by the Australians and New Zealanders. Trust me, oh, I don't okay. get called that. Um, yeah, the Baptist Women of the Pacific. So my role is to represent Baptist Women of the Pacific when we meet together globally. That is the wow. Baptist World Alliance. Wow. I'm also part of the Asia Pacific Baptist Federation, which is a meeting together of theologians and evangelists and wow. groups like Women and Youth. So I represent their voice at those meetings as well. But the more tangible work is networking with those women. So Mm. our purpose is to connect, equip and mobilise Baptist women of the Pacific to love and serve Christ. That's our purpose. And we don't just say it as something to stick on the top of our documents. That's actually what motivates us and what we seek to do proactively. So we connect with one another, um, usually pre-COVID through a lot of events and conferences Mm. and just share that time of unifying through Christ, but also celebrating different cultures together, which is so fun because I love yeah. to dance. I'm there with the girls. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Fijian girls and I are there together, Come I tell on. you. Yeah. Um, then equipping, so teaching, sharing theology, which I'm quite passionate about in specific Brilliant. areas where women are concerned, mm. and mobilising. That's really where it hits the road. So it's actually encouraging women in their country, say the president of Fiji currently wants to do something about the women who have lost their jobs in the yeah. tourism sector. So wow. it's saying, what do you want to do? How can we support you? What resources can wow. we gather? That's awesome. So it's really connecting with one another and supporting one another and representing their voice on a global setting. That's awesome. And you lead a, a really um, amazing team of really diverse people from all around the, the whole Pacific region. I do, I do. So on our team is Australians, New Zealanders, Papua New Guineans and Fijians. Wow. But I'm in regular contact with the other countries as well. Brilliant, mm. brilliant. So how, I mean, for many people mm. that might be familiar with Baptist churches in Australia, they might not have any concept of how big are we talking Baptist World Alliance? That sounds pretty impressive. And then how many Baptist churches are actually in the Pacific? Oh, I couldn't tell the exact number of Pacific Baptist churches. There's a lot. Um, But globally, there's uh, 44 million Baptists um, right across the world. We are really one of the biggest denominations across the world. And interesting enough, very strong in the justice world, actually, globally, Mm. which is great. And so, yeah, we do connect globally together and support one another. Um, In Australia, we're not as well known. I think part of that is our tradition of not really being into authority and yeah. institutions for a little Rebellious. bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think that comes naturally into it. And plus we are so far across the ocean from everyone it's else. True, yeah. And yet I really think God's beginning to move in that area. Mm. Um, our new president for the Baptist World Alliance Women is actually an Australian woman, uh, Karen Wilson. So mm. I think we love Karen. She's been on this podcast a few times. Yeah. She's amazing. I've worked a lot with Karen and um, I just think it's no accident that I've even come into this role at this time with Karen because mm. we've worked together a lot in the past. There's a lot sort of starting to come over into the Pacific, a lot of interest. Um, and even with the Justice, mm. uh, Mike, we're meeting here this morning, there's a lot of uh, focus on the Pacific. So mm. God is actually, I can see him really strategically doing something, connecting Australia with the rest of the Baptist world. And I mean, it it begs the question, how does 
an amazing entrepreneur and and small business person in involved in the wine industry and tourism in Stanthorpe find themselves sort of representing women across the Pacific? And what are some of the challenges that you face um, performing that role or being in that role? Yeah, I ask myself that question all the time. How did I end up here? Um, absolutely. I think it's just some of that teaching that if you're faithful in the small things, God can trust you with the bigger things. Mm. Right. And I try to keep that in my mind, even as you're doing bigger things, that the smaller things really count. Mm. So really, I just, it wasn't until actually we moved out to the country to start our business out there and I got involved in a little church. And mm. the pastor was awesome and the people, they were awesome and just really encouraging. And I began to get involved in youth ministry and then in women's ministry. So I began just by serving the women in our church locally mm. um, and I found I was good at teaching. I'm a teacher by trade and there wasn't a strong tradition of women leading at that church but the pastor said, uh, I think you can preach. You're good at preaching. We need to encourage that mm. and encourage that in me and standing up learning to be a voice. Mm. So um, I've always been passionate about women's issues. I was always that girl that was told she talks too much and too loud and um, told the things little girls are told to be quiet and nice and you're a nag and all that but really God just saw that as a gift, which is exciting. So he just sort of developed that, leading um, women's ministry locally. Um, and then God compelled me to write a book, a devotional for women when I had uh, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So wow. I thought God was hilarious doing yeah. that. Um, I actually <laughs> think that was a creative outlet for me. And then God said, make it into a book. And I went, I'm no one. I'm a chick in the country. Um, I wasn't even a officially a Baptist by then. Um, and God said, I'll work that out. And he did. And I guess oh. um, I started doing a speaking ministry and people heard a bit about me and started inviting me wider mm. to the point that at the same time I had friends getting involved in the Queensland women's ministry. So it just sort of started to wow. align. So I served on that team for eight years mm. and in that time started connecting with what was happening at an Australian and a global level. It really brings to mind the statement that you know, we find our destiny through serving God mm. and being obedient, you know, mm. and taking those steps. A lot of times we sit back, don't we, and think, well, God, just reveal this destiny, you know, and he's saying, but maybe through service you'll discover it, you'll step into it. And it, it sounds like that's been your journey. Yeah, I mean, it's not a fairytale journey. I've made mistakes on the way where I think, oh, I shouldn't have spoken at that event because that's not really what I do or I felt awkward in front of people when I've had a go at something. So uh, you've got to be prepared to mm. look awkward mm. and mm. fail on the journey as well. Yeah, that's true. We all do because we're all human, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, <and> that's <laughs> that's the so. encouraging part is that you know, we don't. he doesn't expect perfection. Obedience is what's important, which I think is really powerful. Um, it's got to be challenging, though. Like, uh, mm. if people are listening outside of Queensland, or you're not part of a Baptist church, mm. you may think, "Yeah, women's ministry, right? I have that in my church too." Or yeah. I don't. I'm not a Christian, but yeah, it sounds like you should have a thing for women. W what does that look like, and what does that mean? Because even you saying as a as a part of a Baptist church in Queensland and preaching, that's that for some people is quite controversial. We can be quite a uh, conservative, mm. quite parochial movement in Queensland. And it, it excites me that there's people in spaces that are actually creating a space for that equality of men and women, the expression of God's image to stand up and lead in the way that they're gifted. What does that look like? What's your heart for um, women's ministry here? Cause I want to mm. hear more about the, the justice and the advocacy part sure. outside of here, but even locally, wherever we find ourselves, what should we be thinking as a male leader in a church? What can I be doing as female leaders or just attendees of churches? What can we be doing to start to open up the conversation and the practice around 
that that you know um, inclusive expression of church leadership. Yeah, becoming quite passionate about this. Um, oh. And what you'll find is a lot of the women I do leadership with, most of us all began saying, I don't want to do women's ministry because we're... <laughs> oh, I was I, one of those as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really typical. I hear that over and over because it just seemed... Um, you were just sitting around having cups of tea and doing craft and oh, I hate craft. So that's, <laughs> I really do. That's not women's ministry to me because it just meant you'd be on the sidelines or at the back yeah. forgotten. And I'm a pretty passionate, noisy person. It didn't seem the place to go. Um, and yet God seems to draw those women in exactly for that reason. To me, women's ministry, yes, it's important we get together and and socialise and connect, particularly for women who might be lonely or vulnerable. It's great to have those cups of tea and craft mm. groups and connect and form relationship. But I think that's a tiny part of women's ministry. Um, women's ministry, I hate it when it runs parallel to the church instead mm. of being yeah. integrated into mm. the church. So things like issues like domestic violence, that is not a woman's issue. That is a human issue. And, yes, women are predominantly the victims and men are predominantly the abusers, but rather being opposite teams, when you solve that problem, you're not only solving the suffering of women but the suffering of the men who are abusers. They must hate themselves as Mm. well where they're at. They're suffering and in pain. So it's also bringing to light the issues happening in women right now here in Australia. We have people like Grace Tame. We Mm. have um, Brittany Higgins. Mm. We have the uh, signatures of schoolgirls around Australia. This is on the front page of our newspapers. So this should be on the front page of church discussion. Mm. We should be at the forefront of that. And women's ministry is really stepping into those spaces. Mm. So I worry about churches that say we don't need women's ministry because women are integrated in our church. They're all equal. You know, when society looks like that, when women are fully integrated and fully equal, that's when we don't need women's ministry. Mm. Until we reach that spot, we need to be there as men and women working into those issues where women come from freedom. Mm. That's awesome. And you're touching on issues of, you know, intimate partner violence Mm. or or violence in the home or even just neglect or abuse. These are really um, controversial issues, even for us to talk about in our own culture. Um, Having worked in development myself, I know that um, regions like the Pacific, even though we know that they are predominantly Christian um, regions, the the prevalence of intimate partner violence or um, neglect and violence in the home is very high. And how do you have that conversation with women who are stepping into leadership in churches that are um, emerging and and have different cultural overlays and different taboo subjects and coming in as their representative wanting to be able to accurately tell their stories when you do need to represent them. How do you navigate that space? It's incredibly difficult. It is really hard and I'm not sure how much work was done. I know there was some, but work done in the space of domestic abuse and um, partner violence. I guess stepping into this role, one of the first thing I did was look up what's happening in the Pacific Islands. What are the major issues Mm. for women? And domestic abuse came up as number one. Mm. And second to that would probably be infant mortality. Mm. So if I love these women... I need to get involved in these issues. Yeah. So it really wasn't a space I was in fully before. I was probably more interested in gender side or other issues. But these are the women I serve at this time, so this is the issue I get behind. Mm. So I've stepped into that. Um, I'm hoping to do some training with our 
women leaders first because what I'm finding even in the Pacific, some of the leaders there don't have very current theological training in that area. It is a scary area for them. When I've talked to them, there's been some nervousness. Oh, Lisa, I'm not sure we should talk about that. There's two sides to the issue. Mm. We don't get involved. And that gave me a sort of thermometer reading of what's happening. So that's a starting point to come Mm. into. So it's gently starting those conversations but not backing off either Mm. because they're suffering. Mm. The women are suffering and I I guess what's most interesting for me is I've actually made good friends with a young male pastor over there who's in the villages who has only a very basic education and when he types to me on Messenger, sister, what do I do, Uh, a new woman, a new convert in my church was beheaded this week by a husband. What do I say? So that mm. puts me right into the mm-hmm. conversation. I don't yeah. get to be theoretical. No. This young pastor is saying, what do we do? And you're like, gosh, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, so keeping that conversations with those people, it's a bit hard in COVID. I don't get to travel. Mm. So fortunately, Facebook is pretty good in parts of the yeah. world. Having those conversations tell me your story. Um, and I try not to tell him what to do, but to pray and um, direct where we can go mm. um, and try to speak to the leaders over about that. But yeah, it's as you said, it's all about just talking to people and listening to their story and then faithfully sharing those stories as true as I can. Mm. And that's a, a very sacred space to be able to to receive those stories Mm. and translate them. And you're only filling you into the role Mm. yourself 18 months in considering and the last 14 of that has been COVID. Um, So that's a a really interesting space to navigate even as, and people are listening, not seeing you, but as a white middle-class Australian lady connecting with people from around the Pacific who live a lot leaner than we do, who live a lot more simply, who are not as educated, who's not as privileged as we are. Even that gap is a big space to jump through. How do you go about receiving these, you know, beautiful and sacred stories where people have trusted you with what is their most deep and intimate space? Mm. How do you go about translating that to people like us in Australia where things are much simpler, much easier, not always uh, outside of our experience and many mm. people experience domestic violence and this kind of prejudice and we don't talk about it, mm. but even just navigating the translating of those stories around, how do, how do you go about that? Yeah, I mean, hearing those stories is a precious thing and even getting to the place where um, they will tell those stories, overcoming the shame that a lot of people feel regardless of culture is is tricky. So it is, I guess, really entering their space and I guess often I'm just really honest I'll just say, look, I'm a spoiled white woman from Australia. I know I don't get this. And they normally have a laugh about that and can't believe (laughs) I've said that. And I'll just say, it's true. I don't understand. Would you please teach me? So reverse the role. I'll be the Mm. student and you're the teacher. You're the one with the wisdom here, not me. So and even just saying I will take your stories to Australia, they love that. Um, I guess one story I have when I first had this role was meeting a woman. I was at the conference in Fiji and a Papuan woman came running up to me going, 
you, you Australian, you Australian. I'm sorry, I'm really doing a bad accent here. It just automatic bad accent. Are you Australian? You Australian? I'm like, yeah, Baptist woman, Baptist woman. Yeah, yeah. And she grabbed me by the hands and put my hands to her head, bowing over them, and was crying and just kissed. I was really overwhelmed. And she said, "Australian Baptists, tell me about Jesus." Oh, wow. Australian Baptist missionaries, tell me about Jesus. Now I'm saved. Now I'm free. Thank mm. you. Wow. And that was the moment I realized what impact this role had, why mm. I had to speak up. Mm. There was such a gratitude to the Australians. And then I wanted to turn that around to her and say, well, I have such gratitude to you for sharing this story so honestly mm. um, and teach me about your culture. And I think she ran off and one of her friends sold me a dress. So it was a pretty fair transaction <laughs> in the end. It was a pretty fabulous dress and I wear it to occasions. But, yeah, it was just they're, they're really open. What I love about Pacifica culture is they are very emotionally open people. Mm. If they're sad, they will cry out loud. If they're happy, they're joy. Um, and so there's an emotional availability that us Anglos don't have. Mm. And that's the trouble when you come back here to tell the story. Yeah. That's the trouble. Um, people are comfortable with a certain level of compassion, but if it gets awkward and uncomfortable, it can be difficult. But that's where I have to trust God. I'm mm. just part of a big puzzle. There's a big justice puzzle he's putting together. There's areas of slavery. There's areas of race. There's areas of poverty. All those are as important as what I do. So I'm trusting God to move the pieces and he'll put my puzzle piece where it needs to go and I'll meet the people I need to meet. Mm. I, I love that too because uh, you said something just right then which really does capture my kind of feelings often about justice and maybe for a lot of people there's so many things. It, it's, it can be overwhelming and even as we've just been preparing for the event that you're here for is that there are so many issues mm-hmm. and hearing you say, God's called me to this part. And you and you saying, like, I'm more interested in these areas, but God's called me here and I'm going to serve this need. Mm. And knowing that I'm trusting him to be part of the bigger picture, that's really powerful because I think that makes actually this whole area accessible for everyone who follows Jesus, that if I can be obedient to the bit that he puts in front of me, the bit that maybe resonates with my life experience or my interests or the bit that I can actually just do, this becomes the stepping stone into that and anything's possible off the back of that, right? It is. It stops you becoming overwhelmed as well and it's not my job to save the world or save these women. I mean, phew, that's good news right there. But um, And even when you're in a space where there's um, you're working alongside other NGOs or other groups and we're promoting together, it, you eliminate the competition. I mean, mm. if they don't all come to my table tonight, that's okay. God's got their heart somewhere else. Mm. My time will come elsewhere. Or I only have to meet one strategic person to yeah. make a big difference. God will work that out. Mm. I just need to stay really close to what he's saying. Mm. I'm really interested in what, uh, having worked in development, we we often learn a lot ourselves, about ourselves, about God, about how he loves and expresses himself um, when we're moving cross-culturally. I'm really fascinated from a personal level, what, what have you been learning about yourself? What have you been learning about God? Um, because my experience in the Pacific, the, the women that I've encountered, and, and I spent a lot of time on Solomon Islands um, in the province of Isabel, um, the women are incredibly resilient, mm. strong. Um, it challenged for me this idea of just happy and peaceful and just I don't know why I had certain ideas of of different groups of people, but spending time with them really taught me about areas I need to grow, strength of faith in God gets, what's God been showing you? 
at a personal level, I think it's John one sixteen where um, we're, we're given grace upon grace, grace mm. upon grace. I just live in that space um, personally. What I'm learning from the women there, one of the most powerful experiences I had, I think is they're so spirit-led, mm. you know, in those islands. I mean, yeah. I talked about before that when they're emotional, when they're happy, they're happy when they're sad, they're sad, they express that and we can learn from that. But the danger with that is making a very shallow assessment of how they experience life emotionally, that, um, you know, when they lose a baby, the grief is immense as it would be for us, mm. um, that when they're suffering malaria, the illness and sitting there without the medicine is is profound. The mm. suffering is so profound. So I don't want to lose that. But what I really love is one of their strengths is their ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. We're so spoiled here. We're mm. sort of, you know, theologically chubby babies sitting here um, <laughs> where they have limited resources. They have to be led by the Spirit so much more and I love that and it mm. challenges me every time that I'm just not listening to the Holy Spirit. In fact, so much so when I first stepped into this role and was giving the the maiden speech, as you do, um, and I was very much doing it from an Anglican perspective, speaking into to verse and a bit of ex- exegesis sort of happening. And then God gave me a prophetic word while I was up there and I'm like, oh, man, really? <laughs> hey, okay. That's awesome. So I went, okay, whatever, and I just went into that prophetic word and one of the Pacific women came up to me later saying, we weren't sure about you, white lady in this role, until you started speaking prophetically. That's mm. our space. That's mm. where we live oh, wow. and now we can trust you. But they take it to a whole other level. Mm. We had a woman at the conference um, from Papua New Guinea and um, she was pretty vibrant and strong. I want to be a pastor, but they make it hard for a woman, but I'm going to be a pastor. I'm <laughs> going to do it. That's how she started. And she said, God told me I needed to go off in two weeks' time to this village nearby and I needed to heal women, heal people. I need to heal people. So I started fasting. So I had water for a week and nothing else. And the next week I had nothing else. And I already I'm thinking, how did you die? And <laughs> I can't get out of bed without a coffee. So I don't know. Like, wow, she threw me away there. And she literally walked into this village and started preaching and people started coming. And she told a story of a man who'd been in that village crippled all his life, could literally get up and and dance and walk. Wow. Come on. Um, and people came around because they knew this man. Mm. Um, it was like Axe had known he'd been crippled his whole life Mm. there was a deaf person they knew that whole time in the village this person being deaf could hear there was a young scallywag that's like a a gang youth in Papua New Guinea he walked past and was so condemned by the spirit he fell to his knees and she had to go wake the pastor up to come and start baptizing people you know and she's telling the story this is what she does and then she (laughs) sat down again she had no role no position she was just a woman fired up Mm. and um I just was uh, that has stuck with me. Mm. Where am I on that? Where yeah, am I? Yeah, why can't we be those women fired up on a day-to-day <laughs> oh, basis? That's yeah. it. So good. That's amazing. Uh, part of uh, uh, what you're doing is that seeing people start to produce material around uh, the Pacific region about how we can actually as church leaders and church members mm. start to really become aware of how we can address some of these issues and create spaces where people feel safe and loved and heard that their stories become valuable. Um, what are the, some of the things we can do if we're listening, no matter where we are, what are the things that we can jump into, If particularly if we're in the Pacific uh, area? Uh, what can we do to be a part of bringing change and bringing awareness of these issues? I think, um, first of all, if you're part of the Baptist Church, maybe Google Baptist World Alliance and see what's Mm -hmm. happening there, Um, not just in the Pacific but all over the region. So, for 
for example, this weekend we're having three days of constant prayer for Myanmar. My Asian counterpart lives in Myanmar, so we're very aware of what's happening there. Mm. Um, Also, I think just jumping on our Facebook page and seeing what we're doing, I put a lot on there about not just within the Baptist denomination but other denominations, other groups, what they're doing in the Pacific. So as I said, we we don't run projects so much or put resources out there, but we connect you to resources out there and projects. So if you get online with us, you can see how we can connect you. So, for example, Tish Sheldon, who's over in Toowoomba with City Women, has just released a book called Disruptive Women of Fiji. Wow. So I'll be promoting that and encouraging that. Mm. So you can get involved. That's Fijian women telling their stories and who they work with. So that's who you can connect with. Brilliant. Yeah. So good. So much going on. Yeah. Now, I wonder what's when you share vision mm. where you, you're looking at where you're heading to what's the collective vision that you and your leadership team some in Fiji some in New Zealand some in Papua you what's the vision for women um, in the Pacific that is emerging as you you spend time with them together I I see that what we're doing is fitting into God's global picture for women actually it's not specific right. to us I think Globally, um, women have been such a group that's been suppressed, um, demoralised, disempowered, and since Eden, really. Mm. And God since then has been putting that back together. And I guess we just keep coming with the next wave of what Mm. God is doing. So I try to be very aware of what God is doing for women's issues right around the world, not just in the Pacific, and again, playing my part. So it's moving towards restoring dignity. Mm. It's moving towards giving freedom, moving towards women finding out who they are in God and and not being held back in any way because of gender Mm. to becoming all that they are within their context, within their community, within their space. Mm. So, again, that's our role is to listen where they feel they're at rather than tell them where we're going. I'm looking to find out where they are going and how we support that journey. Oh, that's amazing. I love that's the outworking really of what the New Testament says, isn't it? That there's now no longer, you know, slave or free, Greek or Jew, male or female. You know, mm. this is that we're all one in Christ. And I think we're all poorer for the fact that when we start to break down those 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 areas and we start to divide ourselves again, we're actually worse off. We, we can't be who God's called us to be as his people, as his church without that. So really amazing to hear what you're doing and so encouraged by that. And I hope people will jump on board and, and see how they can be involved in, in bringing change in this area too. So thank you so much for My your time, pleasure. Alyssa. Thank you. Yeah, great to meet wonderful. you and great to hear what the Lord's doing in your life and excited to see what happens next as the world starts to kind of reopen a yeah, little. Yeah, me too. Can't wait. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks. amazing. Alyssa's just such an amazing person. I uh, love to hear her story. It was just so powerful to hear that. And she's so humble. I mean, an amazing experience, amazing background, and now with an amazing role, uh, a really important and significant role in our region. And she's so humble and so kind and generous about it. So yeah, definitely worth finding out more. If you want to know more about the Baptist Women of the Pacific, you can head to bwpacific.org or you can just Google it, Baptist Women of the Pacific. And as Alyssa 
Baptist said, uh, Google Baptist World Alliance and have a look and see what's available and see what resources are there for you, people to connect with, uh, opportunities to take up that'll help you be really part of bringing God's kingdom breaking in through our churches into the communities that every church is planted in. Um, She also wanted me to let you know that there's a few events coming up that you can be involved in that will actually help uh, the cause of women in Baptist churches and what that means for the greater community around. The World Day of Prayer for uh, Global Baptist Women is on the 1st of November, uh, 2021. Um, You can find out more information on the website there. It's also their day of their big fundraising day. So if you have a heart to give and contribute to the ministry of the Global Baptist Women Movement, then why not get along and check out both the day of prayer, pray where you are, join with others to pray and give as the Lord prompts you. That'll be really powerful. And also coming up on the 7th of July is the Global Online Conference for Baptist Women. This happens once every five years. So this is a big event. So uh, if you fit into any of that, or if you're interested in any of these topics, if you want to be part of the conversation, if you want to learn and grow and be challenged, both to uh, as a Baptist woman, as a woman in church leadership, or as someone who's part of a church where we want to see women and men rise up in the leadership gifts that they're given. Why not get involved in that? You can find info about that online. And if justice is a really big issue, as we've been talking about, uh, they have a bunch of seminars and breakout sessions on justice as a part of that conference. So that's the Global Baptist Women's Online Conference, 7th of July. Head to the website, uh, BW Pacific or the Baptist World Alliance website, and you can find out more about that. Um, But if this episode has been a blessing to you, then why not think about how you can pray, how you can um, act where you are locally, but also contribute globally and see what the Lord might do with your sacrifice and what's available in your life as you take up the responsive obedience to where he's calling you. I love how Alyssa shared that, that she just chooses to be obedient to what the Lord's put in front of her and he's making a way for her to make amazing impact. And I think he wants to do the same for each and every one of us, no matter where we are. So such an encouragement, such really an invitation to obedience in the Lord. So I hope you take up that invitation. I hope you do something with that. Uh, I hope this conversation with Alyssa has been a blessing to you. And we'll be back next time with another episode of River Life's Going Deeper podcast. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.